Welcome to Millennial Sex Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X, and I'm in the bedroom tonight. Tonight's podcast is a slight deviation, but represents Millennial Sex True Stories Podcast well. Um, this audio is from an interview that I conducted for one of my books. And so um, this person is going to share a true story about something that happened to her. Um, it's very scary and very true and really amazing, in fact. Um, so I hope you enjoy it and, um, thanks for listening. At one time when I was really young, I was probably about 17, maybe, maybe, I was probably about 17, probably just turned 17. I lived in, uh... California. I lived with my aunt. I lived um, not too far from the beach, but several miles. You could take a bus to the beach. It was, you know, kind of a long bus ride. It probably took mostly an hour. Anyways, I was sitting on the bus bench waiting for the bus. And um, there was some girls there in the that were sitting around waiting for the bus that I didn't really know. I didn't know their names, but I knew they lived in the neighborhood. I like, knew them to like say hi if I passed them on the sidewalk or saw them in the corner store. There was like, I don't know, maybe five or six girls waiting for the bus. And I didn't really know them, but I knew they lived in the neighborhood. And, you know, I'd seen them around and we'd just be kind of like, hey. So... We're waiting at the bus stop, and it says, um, this van comes along, and it stops, and it talks to these girls, and, um, there's two guys driving it, and, um, they open up the side door, and the girls all get in, and they're like, well, come on, like, you know, he'll give you, you know, they'll give you a ride, too, so I was like, oh, great, you know, I jumped in. I felt like safe. It's like these girls knew these guys and there's like six girls. We're all sitting in the back and one guy's driving and one guy's in the passenger seat. So, uh, they take us pretty far. Like he's taking me like halfway to the beach in like, you know, 15 minutes. That's what it took me, you know, at least twice as long waiting for the bus if, you know, the bus had come right down. So I was happy. Well, anyways, these girls all worked, like, at the same place or at the same area. They they all worked somewhere at the, you know, same place. So, they dropped these girls off, and I should have got out then. But, you know, everything seemed fine. Like, they took them where they're going, and it's all good, and they got out there, and... We weren't at the beach. We were still a few miles from the beach. And they were like, oh, no, we'll take you out. I said, oh, I could get out and catch another bus here. And they're like, oh, no, it's, like, really close. We'll drop you off. Well, then I was the only girl in the van. And I didn't know these guys. I just, I was stupid. I was 17. But um, they didn't take me to the beach. They got on the freeway. And then they got in the left-hand lane. And they drove. 
And I wasn't super familiar with the freeways, but I knew that we weren't going to the beach. After a while, I realized we're not going to the beach. But I can't get out because I got to open that sliding door and I'm in the left hand of the freeway going about 75 miles an hour. I would, you know, just be killed. (laughs) They kept driving and they drove past anything I had ever been to. I was living like in metropolitan L.A., which was like Hawthorne. That wasn't too far from the beach. But they went up the 405 or something, and they went up towards Pasadena. And at the time, I'd never been to Pasadena. It, I knew I was really far away because California's really congested and crowded, and there's just people and businesses and cars everywhere. Well, we got out onto this freeway, and it just got more and more country. Got to be less and less and less people, and trees and things that I had never seen, and mountains and things I had never seen in California. And uh, we were really heading out towards the boonies. And um, one of them wanted to come in the back and have sex with me while the other one drove. Anyways, he got back there with me and he wanted me to suck his dick, so I I asked him if I could put some, I don't know if I had chapstick or Vaseline, I asked if I could put something on my lips first that I had in my purse, and he said okay. And uh, I had a switchblade knife in my purse because I'd gone to Tijuana or something with a friend and I was like, oh, great, a switchblade. They're not legal in the U.S. And it was some, you know, cheap piece of junk I got in, you know, Tijuana. But it opened with just one click. So I put my hand in my purse and I felt around until I put my hand on the knife. And then I popped it open. Well, he heard that click. He grabbed my wrist with both hands. And I I grabbed a bunch of his hair in the back and wrapped it around my fist a couple times. So I had him like, his hair wrapped my, my hand and I we're just like sitting side by side. I had my hand wrapped around his hair a couple times so I was holding tight to his head. He had both his hands on my wrist with the knife. And I wouldn't let go of the knife and he wouldn't let go of my wrist and I wouldn't let go of his hair. I had the knife like real close to his side. Like really close to like the side of his stomach. And he was holding me with both wrists and he was bigger and stronger than me. But if, you know... If he let go, I could have just pushed it into his side. I said, tell the guy that's driving to stop. And he, you know, he finally did. And the other guy started to argue with him. And he said, listen, you're not the one with the knife at your stomach. And uh, so the guy pulls over on an exit ramp. Well, and this is California, and I had never seen an exit ramp with nobody and nothing around. That's how far away we were, how far out we were. 
there wasn't a soul around. I said, tell the driver to come around the side and open the side door of this van. He told him to. The guy finally did it. He went around. He opened the side of the van. So then together, me and this guy, I've got his hair wrapped up in my hand and holding a knife to his side, and he's holding my knife hand with both his hands. We start inching over toward the door. We start inching over toward the door. The other guy's standing outside the door. I said, tell him to back up. So he backs up toward the, the passenger side door of the front of the van. I said, tell him to get back farther. Tells him to move back a few more feet. So he's kind of in front and on the passenger side of the van and maybe three feet in front of him. So um, we ease on over to the doorway. We're all in the same position. I'm still in the same position with him. And then I, I get down one foot on the ground and then the other. So I got both feet now on the ground. I've still got him by the hair. He's still got both, both his hands on my wrist. And he starts to pull me back in the van real quick. So I flipped the knife with my hand towards his stomach. And he kind of like jumped back. He let go of my wrist. Because I was trying to flip it into his stomach. Well, he let go of my wrist when he jumped back. And I started running. I started running down the exit ramp as fast as I could. I can't believe there wasn't a freaking single car coming. They're both running after me. I'm running towards the freeway, down this exit ramp. Not a single car in sight in L.A. Well, I guess we're out of L.A. They're both running after me. They got longer legs. They're going to catch me. All of a sudden, I see three cars coming. All of a sudden, the first cars I've seen since we've pulled over, and this whole thing took like, Seemed like hours, but it must have taken about a half hour, maybe longer, but seemed like hours, but probably not more than 45 minutes of negotiations here. Here comes three cars. I'm running towards them. I'm waving and waving. Well, they just like roar past me. They just roar past me. Finally, the last car in the line is some old beat up raggedy ass pickup truck or something. And I jumped in front of it. I just ran straight in front of it, waving my arms, and the guy slammed on his brakes. I ran around to the passenger side and jumped in and locked the door. And I was like, drive, drive, drive. And there's some old man, he's like totally freaked out. Well, I look down the road and they see me get in there and then they start running back to their van and they jump in the van. And I'm like, drive, drive, drive. And they jumped in the van and peeled out before I could get the license plate number. Anyways, the guys, you know, what's going on? What's going on? I'm totally freaked out, and, you know, I thought they were going to kill me. And uh, he said, oh, I'm going to, I said, well, take me to a bus stop. And he said, no, I'm going to take you to the police station. I didn't really want to go to the police station because what am I supposed to tell them? Like, yeah, I voluntarily got in a car with, like, two guys I don't know, and then I was like a bitch when, like, they wanted to have sex with me. I mean, well, they're not going to do nothing. But this old man was all freaked out, you know, because I guess he was afraid he was going to run into me, and then I just jumped in his car, and he took me to the police station. I was in Pasadena. That seemed like a long way for me at the time. And, uh... 
they wanted to hear all about it. So I told them. And, uh, they, um, they made, they wanted me to look at mug shots and things, you know. And, uh, well, what they want you to do is work with an artist, a composite thing, and he's got these little clear things of just chins and just noses, like little clear overlays of clear acetate with just eyes, and you pick out things you like and put them together. And the one guy, we did that pretty fast with the one that was driving, but the one whose hair I had that had the longer hair, he was a little trickier, so... I finally got frustrated because I wanted to get out of there. It was dark now, and I was so far from home, and I wanted to go home, and I just drew the picture. I was just like, you know, I don't want to take the time to, you know, fool around with all this stuff. It's just none of it's quite right, so I just drew a picture of them on a piece of paper. Well, they finally let me out of there, and then, like, lo and behold, like, sometime later, I don't know, several weeks, they called me up and the DA wanted me to come to court and testify against them they caught them and it was them and apparent and then there was other girls waiting in the hall to testify too apparently there was at least four of us they've done this to and he said probably more and uh, they didn't know like what would happen to the girls that didn't get away because one of them told me like she ran, she got out and she ran up to a house she didn't know and pounded on the door till somebody like let the, let her in. But they like to take people out there to the the boonies. Well, they like to take women out there to the boonies where nobody's around. And um, the DA came over and complimented me on the drawing of the guy. He couldn't believe how much it looked like him, and apparently they went to jail. But the interesting thing was, after this happened, I went and told some friends of mine, well, there was a store I liked. It was like a woman's bookstore, an herbal center, like, and they had um, books by Z Budapest, and they had a lady there named Live Oak Woman, and uh, they were very feminist, and when I told Live Oak Woman about it, she looked at me and she said, why didn't you just kill them? And I thought, hmm, because I hadn't really thought that. I was only thinking, can I get away before I get killed? I hadn't really thought about killing somebody else. I mean, I probably would have if like I'd had to and I'd had the chance, but, well, that switchblade knife saved my life. I think. Wow, that was a really terrifying story. And, um, you know, this happened to this person before everybody had a cell phone. So hopefully something like that could help. But, you know, there are always situations where you could be separated from your phone or it doesn't work or whatever. I think the key here in terms of safety was like she thought because these other girls were there that she would be safe automatically and then she got caught up. So um, I've heard things like that before. <clears throat> but it's really amazing what she did. Um, 
you know, she was like a small girl and just any size. She was tall but thin and just, you know, any size girl. She was a teenage girl and like these guys are like probably going to kill her. I mean, that's what's up, you know. That's dope. So, thank you so much for listening to Millennial Sex True Stories podcast. And I look forward to our next romp in the bedroom. Good night.